Welcome to the Marietta First United Methodist Church Podcast. Marietta First is a community of disciples dedicated to living and serving faithfully our local community of Marietta, Georgia, and around the world. We are glad you're here. It is our prayer that this podcast offers you hope and grace on your own journey of faith. from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 3, beginning with the 13th verse. Hear these words. And Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. And then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. The Word of God for the people of God. And you may be seated. I did not say this at the first service, but I do want to make sure I say it at the second service. Uh, I want to thank Reverend Ryan and Reverend Blair for um, offering um, the messaging on Christmas Day and leading worship on Christmas Day. I know that it was a sacrifice um, to be here um, because I know it took time away from your family, so I am very, very grateful. So thank you for that and for Reverend Chad on New Year's Day. Um, who was here with um, Reverend Ryan as well. So I've been out of the pulpit for two weeks, and um, it was much-needed rest, but it's also a mixed blessing because that means it takes me away from that which I love, and that is you, and that is this church, and sharing God's Word. So it is good to be back with you today. Well, this morning we are invited to a baptism, and we, the clergy have, and I know that several members of our choir as well and music staff, have already been a part of the baptisms at the 9 o'clock, and we had a wonderful baptism this morning. So we are on our fourth baptism, if you will, today. But this baptism today that we are participating in yet again is the baptism of Jesus. And now we gather, we gather at the river with John for this baptism. And we're not alone because the crowds have gathered to hear this, to see this, to witness this. But then John always attracts a crowd. John always attracts a crowd. And maybe there are those who have gathered at the river this day to gawk and see what it is that this baptizer is doing. Maybe this baptizer is the preaching of repentance and there are those who have gathered because they too want to hear this message of repentance. Or, you know, with John, John is thinking, I shouldn't be doing this baptism of Jesus. He is not, he says, even fit to tie his sandals. And yet here he is gathered with all these folks at the river for this baptism. And Jesus has come specifically for this baptism to be baptized by John. And John, of course, would rather have said, you can't be serious. 
You cannot be serious. I am not the one who should be baptizing you. I can't do this. You should be baptizing me. But for Jesus, this moment is important, as baptisms are always important. This one is important because it begins his public ministry. From here on out, things are different. It's how baptism is. It changes you. You become different somehow after the baptism because it it marks you and it claims you as God's own, even Jesus. Even Jesus. It's any wonder that we love baptisms. Don't we love baptisms? I'm going to respond for you. Yes, (laughs) we love baptisms. Everyone loves a baptism. They're always cause for celebration. We love those babies that are baptized. And it would be wonderful if we had a baptism every Sunday at every service. That would be wonderful. It's joyful to see all the babies dressed up in their gowns or their jumpers. At the 9 o'clock service, it was uh, one of the girl, little girl. She's about two years old. She had a big old bow in her head. And it was a white bow, and it was almost as big as she was. But it was important, that bow, because it will serve as a reminder maybe to her in the coming years of her own baptism. But to see those sweet faces. Not long ago, I... Um, I baptized a baby, and the baby had on a beautiful, beautiful gown. It was made of silk, and it was made of lace. And it was no ordinary gown because it was made out of the mother's wedding gown. There was another baby that was baptized, peering out of that gown, all this fluff. And I learned that it was actually a gown that had been used for three generations of babies. These are important moments when we participate in a baptism. There was a baptism a year or so ago. I don't know if you remember. It's a brother and a sister. They're in our church. They were young. And uh, he was very young. I was surprised. Not that he was being baptized. But when I talk with the parents, it is often, are you going to take the vows on behalf of your child until they for themselves can claim it? And that's often at confirmation. And she said to me, no, he is going to be making that profession on his own. And I was surprised because he was almost just maybe six years old. And so I said, are you sure? She said, yes, yes, that's what he wants to do. Do you mind if I talk with him, I asked. She said, sure, you can go ahead, you can talk with him. So I was talking to the young boy, and I looked him in the eye, and I said, do you want to be baptized? And he looked at me with the seriousness well beyond his years, and he said to me, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am. I said, okay. Do you know what this means? Trying to get him to squirm just a little bit. And meeting my eyes, and without missing a beat, he said again, yes, ma'am. Well, I wanted to push him just a little bit further, because this is no small undertaking when you come forward and you make a profession of faith and you are baptized on your own. And so I asked, deepening my stare, Are you ready to make a profession of faith in Jesus and to follow him? And his response was, I am, as he stood there all erect, and I I believe in Jesus, and I want to follow him. (laughs) I wanted to get this kid's birth certificate because I wanted to make sure he was as young as they said that he was because he seemed so much older when he stood there 
for his baptism. And so I asked him on the day he was baptized, much like I asked you, Brandon, do you desire to be baptized? And he looked me straight in the eye, and with the assurance of an adult, he said, I do. And at that moment, as I believe in the moment of every baptism, I believe it was as if the heavens had opened up, the Spirit of God had come into this place, and descended and marked that child as God's own, right here on the altar. And I believe it happened not long ago, moments ago. Some of us might remember our baptism, the excitement of the day. You'll certainly remember your baptism. The words that were spoken, the minister who participated in the baptism, the church, maybe the feel of the water upon your face, how you felt, how you experienced it all, and all the things that are in store for you. Maybe you remember that baptism for yourself. But there are many of us who have never experienced or remember experiencing our own baptism. Maybe there's a recollection of the gown we wore by our parents letting us know that. Maybe we don't know how we responded or whether we were in a good mood or not or whether we squirmed or screamed, or who it was that performed the baptism, or even what the water felt like as it sprinkled upon us. Instead, we hear about it from our parents and for those who were witnesses to that event. Maybe it's something like, or you should have heard you cry on the day of your baptism. The minister could barely hold you. I thought that they were going to drop you. Or maybe it was something like this. When they baptized you and you were introduced to the congregation, you began to clap and the congregation began to clap as well. But whether you knew it or not, on the day that you were baptized, I believe that the heavens opened up and that the Spirit of God descended upon you and God marked you and claimed you for life as God's own. That's what happened at your baptism. It's what happened to Jesus. It had to happen. Even if John wanted it to happen a different way, God knew and Jesus knew that it needed to happen this way. For those who were on the banks of the river that day, or maybe they were having their own baptisms, they would not understand what happened that day, maybe, until much later when they discovered that there was an empty tomb and there was a lot of chatter and there was something going on. This might be the only time that you will hear a Methodist preacher, or I hope, say that those on the banks of the river who were being baptized by John would need to be rebaptized because we don't rebaptize in the United Methodist Church. It's actually heresy for us, and we can... Um, lose our credentialing if we re-baptize. Did you know that? And the reason is because we don't baptize in the name of John. We don't baptize just with water. We don't baptize just for repentance. We baptize in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and the name of the Holy Spirit. See, the truth is, though, that we don't do the baptizing. God does it. And you might disagree with this, 
but I'm willing to stand firm on it and say that we don't rebaptize in the church because once is good enough. If God does the baptizing, we don't have to redo what God has already done because God doesn't get it wrong. It's God's provenient grace that goes before us. It's present in that moment of the baptism, and we are marked by God in that baptism. That's it. It's done. There's nothing you can do about it. There's no getting away from it. You belong to God. Brandon, you belong to God. There's nothing you can do about it. No turning back. It's your identity. It's who you are. It's who we are. It's who we are as a church. It's what happened to Jesus. Right there on the banks of the river, the words of the Almighty God poured forth, and the heavens opened up, and the Spirit of God descended upon his Son, and as if in a dove, and it alighted him, it alighted him. This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased, for everyone there to see. At least that's how Matthew tells the story. I wonder if those who were enjoying their own baptisms that day, or attending someone else's, heard those words, and if they understood them. And if they knew their Hebrew scripture, then they may have understood that when we hear the words, this is my son, that it would have referred to Psalm 2. There were words during the crowning of the king of Israel. They would have known that they were in the presence of royalty. And my beloved, in whom I am well pleased, would have brought Isaiah to mind, the suffering servant of Isaiah, This was God's servant, indeed, Jesus was God's servant who would respond to suffering on behalf of the people. He would be the one who would lay hands upon the lepers, eat with the poor, heal the blind, go into the trenches of human suffering and heal and save. God's servant, a king no less, would be the one to put a towel around his waist and kneel with cleansing water and wash the feet of his disciples. In the River Jordan, we learn who Jesus is. His identity as the Son of God, it's what starts his ministry because it's his identity that we take on at our own baptism. Baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That's the one that has marked us and claimed us is God's Son, the suffering servant who's come into the world to save the world for all who say, yes, I believe. In a few moments, um, we are going to remember our own baptisms if we've been baptized. We're going to come forward. We're going to receive a, a rock. I'll walk through that in just a moment. Maybe you don't remember your own baptism. That's okay because that's why we have today. And maybe you've never been baptized. That's okay too. Because maybe today the power of the Holy Spirit is nudging you to consider baptism for yourself and what that means for you. Or maybe you've thought about it. And if that's the case, then I would invite you to come see one of the ministers after the service. And we would love to talk with you about baptism. I have here on the altar my own baptism certificate. And I bring it out every year at about this time, the baptism of the Lord, whether we celebrate it in church or not. Because it reminds me of my baptism, the day, the minister, the place. Because I was baptized in the church, but I wasn't raised in the church. 
And for me, that's important because it means that even as a baby, I was marked by God and that God pursued me my entire life until I finally turned toward God and said, yes, I believe. It seemed like a lifetime that it took for me to turn toward God, but God never gave up on me. And for that, I am grateful. And today, I remember that. And I know you have your own stories about how God has pursued you. And so today, as we join together in our liturgy, and as we come forward, I'd ask for you to consider how it is that you will respond to the covenant that you made with the king and how you too will join with the servant of God to serve the world in this way. And I hope that your response, our response, will be, yes, I believe. Thank you for listening to the Marietta First United Methodist Church Podcast. For more information about Marietta First United Methodist Church, we invite you to connect with us online at mariettafumc.org or on Facebook at Marietta FUMC.